This is the Hunt Quietly Podcast. I'm Matt Ranella. On this episode, I'm joined by the folks from Hunters United for Sunday Hunting. HUSH is their acronym. Kevin Askew and Doug Lapp. We discuss outdated blue laws in Pennsylvania which restrict Sunday hunting. Being a resident of PA, this topic is kind of near and dear to me. Kevin and Doug are passionate about getting this ancient blue law overturned, and I, like many other Pennsylvanians, appreciate their effort. Hope you guys enjoy, and uh, thanks for listening. Okay, so uh, I'm here with Kevin Askew and Doug Lapp. Uh, They are with Hunters United for Sunday Hunting. Hush, welcome, guys. Glad glad, Glad to be on your show, Jim. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Uh, so we should tell the audience that we are all from Pennsylvania and we hunt somewhat in the Stone Ages because Sunday hunting, we're one of the few states that Sunday hunting is either restricted or limited. And uh, this this comes from blue laws from the 1800s where the government basically wanted you in church and didn't want you to work, didn't want you to go shopping, and didn't want you to hunt. So we're still part of the remaining states that have restrictions on hunting. So having said that, let's let's talk Sunday hunting. Um, why don't we start with you guys uh, telling, telling a little bit about yourself, how you got started with Hush, what, what Hush is and what you guys are, are currently doing with Hush. All right, well, I'll start. Um, there's always been an effort here in Pennsylvania to eliminate these blue laws that date back to 1682, specifically with hunting. Um, we've done research. Guys have been fighting since 1950. Uh, there's been cases where we found maybe back into the 30s they've been fighting for this. Um, But the recent push uh, for Sunday hunting really started back in 2018 with the former executive director of Hunters United for Sunday Hunting. His name was Harold Daub, and he just got tired of no action from the politicians and the game commission kind of just, you know, sitting on the sidelines, you know, with this. So, What he did is he scheduled a public meeting in Harrisburg and he put it out for anyone to attend, uh, organizations, the public, you know, if you wanted to attend, attend. He had a meeting at Bass Pro that went well. So he set the next one up at the Game Commission building. And that's where the current team of Hunters United for Sunday Hunting was born and we have grown from there. Um, between, uh, 2018 and now, uh, we have been able to get act 2019 of 107 passed into legislation. And And, and what is that? That is the current three day exemption for Sunday hunting. And this year, for example, that'll be November 13th, November 20th, and November 27th. 
So, so that's every, Bill 607. No, that is not Bill 607. That, okay. That's that, different. That's different. We'll talk. Okay. So, you know, what, what you have to understand about Sunday hunting in Pennsylvania is that we hunt foxes, coyotes, crows, non-commercial hunting grounds, and these three Sundays by exemption to PA Title 34. The blue law is still in total effect. The prohibition is in total effect. So anything that has been done up to this point, Senate Bill 147, which brought the three current Sundays, gives exemptions to hunt within the prohibition, if that makes sense. Yeah, yep. And that's what we're trying to get rid of, is we don't want these exemptions within the prohibition. We want the Pennsylvania Game Commission to have full regulatory authority to decide what species and what game and can be hunted seven days a week. There's about 70 different species we hunt in Pennsylvania. Um, and there's no reason biologically or scientifically that any animal in the huntable category cannot be hunted on Sundays. Right. There's no shortage of, of, of game animals. There, there's no need to restrict the amount of time in the field is what you're saying. No, I mean, if if there is, the Game Commission set up to do that. The Game Commission can set their seasons. If they only wanted us to hunt turkeys for one day, they can set that season for one day. If they wanted deer season to be three days, they could set it for three days. Right. The only thing that their hands are tied on by law is Sundays. They cannot use Sundays except for the three that has been given them by Senate Bill 147. And 147 is known in law as Act 2019-107. That was what the governor signed into law. Okay. I think it's kind of important to note based to get the background. Um, The Game Commission has no say over this and that was one of the first big hurdles that we had when this group came together back in 2018 when we started to try to message that we wanted to have this revoked 70 percent of hunters thought we couldn't hunt on sunday because of the pennsylvania game commission right when in reality it was 100 percent the uh, state senators and state representatives that were telling the game commission in law you cannot use Sunday as a huntable day. So that was the first really big hurdle we had as a group was we had to teach people that this is a problem with your state senator and state representative. This isn't an issue within the Pennsylvania Game Commission. Right. So so before we get into this, let's go back. So Doug was just talking. Doug, why don't tell us how you you came about to be involved with Hush. So my family farms in Southern Chester County, which is in Southeastern Pennsylvania. Um, We growing up, we hunted uh, lightly. Um, Mainly my dad would go up to Potter County. Uh, We had a cabin up there and that's how we got into hunting, go up for the first few days of 
uh, buck season being done. Um, and aside from that, he really didn't do much. So then growing up, he would take me out back to the woods on the farm and we would do a little squirrel hunting, um, do a little bit of deer hunting around the farm. Um, but because the busy season for agriculture is in the fall right, and right. the hunting season is in the fall, I didn't get to do much hunting with that when I was really young because those times overlapped. But the one thing we don't do on the farm is we don't harvest on Sunday just to relax, calm down and reset for the next week. So those Sunday afternoons, dad and I always wished we could have gotten out and gotten to hunt. So this was always something that kind of bothered us being landowners and just trying to figure out why can't we do this? We own the property. It's legal to hunt six days a week. What is going on here? So in 2018, uh, I was at the March meeting at the game commission. That was the first time I was there. And uh, it was unique that I was there because I have the background of being in agriculture and being hunting. and we'll get into this further, but that's the dichotomy, the pull and the, uh, the restriction, not restriction, resistance, the resistance yeah, like, to this whole thing has been within the Pennsylvania Farm Bureau. So being able to open up that conversation within the agriculture industry and the hunting industry and try to find ways that we can work this out has been something really unique to this latest push to get so that, this that's through. You're in a unique position because that's, one of the biggest roadblocks is is the agriculture community not wanting Sunday hunting. I'm sure we're going to talk in depth about that. Right. So you're 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 on you're on both sides of the fence as a farmer and uh, a proponent for Sunday hunting. Right. So, yep. Kevin, how how about yourself? Like, how long have you been involved in hush, and and what's your role? Well, I got started in Hush in 2018, same meeting that Doug was at. Um, again, that's when that's when the push came was in 2018. Like I said, there was always an effort in Pennsylvania, but it was it was it was haphazard and wasn't managed right. And it really wasn't wasn't a dedicated thing that people were trying to accomplish. When Harold set his mind to do this. He knew it needed to be done different because what was working in the past just wasn't working. And a lot of that had to be, or was because the organizations were not collected together, you know, uh, Hunter Nation, SCI, Bow Hunters of PA, you know, NRA, they were just doing it themselves. And, but, but in 2018, Harold put his arm around everyone and said, look, if we want this done, let's get together. Let's figure out how to do this. And Hush, Hunters United for Sunday Hunting, will be the head of the spear. And, but we're going to do this different. Now, we did it a lot different because those big organizations, the reason they didn't get it done is because they tiptoed around the Farm Bureau. We didn't tiptoe around the Farm Bureau at all. We recognized they were the problem, and we went head on, dealt with it, and got Act 147 through legislation. Believe me, organizations said it couldn't be done, and we did it in 18 months. And they had been trying to do it for 20 years. So, so, so why is the Farm Bureau so dead set against Sunday hunting? 
That would be a question for Doug. <laughs> so Pennsylvania's think think about agriculture in Pennsylvania. First of all, it is the number one industry in Pennsylvania. And in the majority of House and Senate districts, it's the number one industry in those House and Senate districts. So the Pennsylvania Farm Bureau has a lot of pool and they've been managed well for a long time. They have a lot of pool and sway in Harrisburg. So then the question becomes, well, why does the Farm Bureau not want hunting on Sunday? And it really depends on what region of the state you're in. Down where I'm at in the southeast, we would be all for it because we have so many deer and we're densely populated with deer and people that is hard on our crops. Yeah. So most of the pressure for keeping this restriction in place comes from the northern tier. Think of your Pennsylvania big woods country um, where you're in Potter County and you either have big timber woods and oak flats or cornfields. And so a lot of, and that's also where your hunting camps are. Sure. So a lot of the uh, resistance to this comes from the northern tier where when deer season comes through, hunters flock up north to their hunting camp and go through the woods and hunt. And there's a lot of pressure and we are our own worst enemy as hunters. We have not done a good job of respecting private property lines and we just earned ourselves a bad reputation. So the farm bureau said, if we can't get stronger trespass laws, because for years, the trespass laws were absolutely horrible in Pennsylvania. Yeah. If we can't get stronger trespass laws and if people won't respect private property lines, then we need one day a week where we don't have to worry about hunters coming onto our property. And from an argument standpoint, I can at least respect that. The thing that I don't understand is why it took so long for somebody to hear that argument and say, well, why don't we do both? Why don't we strengthen the trespass laws and allow Sunday hunting? And yeah, it, it, it's that like that was, in the East, too. There, there's just no yeah. respect for, for private property. I mean, I, I'm guilty of it, too. When I was a kid, if it wasn't posted, we just we just hunted it, you know. Right. And it's it's easy to look at this patch of woods and say, it won't hurt anything if I go out there. But we don't have that excuse anymore. We don't. We are a small enough part segment of the American population that we don't have the ability to just wing it and assume that people won't care. Plus, it's too easy for us to know where we are, whether it's HuntStand or Onyx or any of these other apps. It's too easy to know if you are on public land or on private land. And we owe landowners the respect that they deserve because it is their land. And they, you, we have enough tools at our disposal that we can reach out to someone if we want to hunt there. And if the answer is no, you have to respect that. But we can't but I, just go other places. I still don't see the connection to... Because you could trespass six days a week. What what the hell is it? What's the difference if if you theoretically can't hunt on Sunday? Well, I'm not that, saying right. that it doesn't it, happen because I'm sure it does. But right, if you ask any Pennsylvania game commission officer what their number one day for poaching is, it's Sunday because people can't be out hunting. So yeah, what better I, way to do it when there's no eyes on you? So it's it's not like. 
people aren't still out in the woods, you could still, uh, I would think you could still coyote hunt. Um, hunting is legal on Sunday coyotes. So, yeah. So it, it's one of those things that people don't stop being in the woods with firearms just because it's Sunday. So I, I agree. It's not a good enough excuse to say we want nobody to be in the woods on a Sunday because that's not completely true. Plus target shooting plus it it's an incomplete argument. And I've argued yeah. this within the farm bureau that when you actually talk this through, it doesn't make logical sense. It's more of a cop out that we don't want to go through the effort of fixing the trespass laws and posting our property and trying to make it that people respect our land. We just want to make it that people can't hunt because that makes it easier. Well, it doesn't. And also you're, you're violating the private property rights of people who want to hunt on their own land. Right. So this is where the Pennsylvania Farm Bureau being a landowner's rights organization where we fight for landowner's rights is telling landowners, you don't have the option to hunt on one day of the week because we say so. We're going to make that decision for you. It, but, it's not ideologically consistent with their mission or anything. But you could go to a strip club. You could go to a bar. You could go to a football game. You can go golfing. You can go bowling. But you can't hunt on your own property. That That's the argument that I've had with several people and and uh, one of my buddies was is against Sunday hunting, and, and he always said, well, it's a good time to walk in the woods or ride your ATV. And, and I'm like, well, on my property? Because you really shouldn't be doing those things unless you have permission to do it on my property. So, I mean, I, 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 I agree. I just don't think it's a strong enough argument. There's, there's nothing in there that's up that, that indicates that, well, they have a point. I haven't heard a, a, a good point yet. Well, and that's what, and, and we took that on. We took that on head on, that non-argument. And what it allowed the Farm Bureau to do, because they had been fighting for purple paint for years. Um, like on trees? Yes, yeah. to mark your boundaries. You know, yeah. um, that's purple paint standard across the country. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they had been wanting purple paint for years. So when this came up, we did not stand in the way of their purple paint legislation. In fact, we actually was for it's like, yeah, it's that's purple paint's fine. If you want rainbow paint, fine, just pick a color. You know, um, it's it was it was a no-brainer. And there wasn't anyone in the hunting community that had an argument with that. So when we said, okay, we won't stand in the way of purple paint, the farm bureau's like, well. What are we going to do now? That was one of our one of our we don't want you on our land and it's Sunday arguments. Geez, everyone trespasses on Sunday. And if we get purple paint, what are we going to do? But they their hands were tied to have their legislation passed because they had wanted it. They could no longer argue the Sunday hunting trespass because they were getting their written permission that they wanted specifically on Sunday into the legislation. So with us being neutral on purple paint and us 
being neutral on the written permission on Sundays. That gave the Farm Bureau leeway to not argue anymore and move their position to neutral and allow 147, the three Sundays that we currently experience, to become law. Gotcha. So what about like the farmers that have the, the red tag program that are in the red tag? They can, they can hunt on Sunday, right? They can shoot deer on Sunday? That would be a question for Doug. Oh, man. Um, I'm going to double check that. I Red tags, I am not sure if red tags are legal on Sunday. And the reason is because red tags are within Title 34, which governs the Game Commission. So I think that they would have to follow the Sunday prohibition. However, farmers can crop damage, which is different than red tags. Okay. So that's. So explain that. What's what's the crop damage program? Things are about to get really confusing. So buckle up. All right. (laughs) There is something called Title 34. That is the Pennsylvania code that governs game management. That is what creates and establishes the game commission and what they do. So that is Title 34. Title 31 deals with private property and landowners and landowners' rights. Under Title 31, there are pieces in that code that allow landowners to harvest animals if they are uh, taking from crop production. So crop damage on corn, soybeans, bears and corn, all that stuff. That falls under both Title 34 and Title 31. So under Title 34, on my farm, I can't hunt on Sunday. I can't hunt deer with a rifle. And I can't hunt at night with a spotlight. And I can't hunt from the bed of a truck under Title 34. Under Title 31, for crop damage, I can shoot deer on Sunday at night with a spotlight from the back of a truck with a rifle as long as I'm doing it for crop damage. So what you're (laughs) telling me and the audience is that the very people that are against legalizing Sunday hunting can go out under this Title 31 program and not only hunt on Sunday, but do it from a vehicle, do it at night, without any regards to traditional ethics of hunting. Yes. The, there are other exceptions to that. Um, for instance, if you have a deer in your freezer, you can't keep the meat. You have to tell the game commission and they'll pick the meat up and take it to a food bank. Um, if you were to shoot a buck, if you wanted to keep the antlers, you'd have to pay a certain amount per point. But the overarching theme is yes, I can hunt on Sunday under Title 31 for crop damage, but I can't under Title 34 for ethical hunting. Wow. It, it is the most warped, confusing concept that there is. And to think that it's the Farm Bureau who is keeping both of these in place is just that's, mind-numbing. That's crazy. And I don't want to seem insensitive to someone that earns a living from farming because I I think it's it's, I mean, one of the most admirable ways they're in a living to this country. Um, but it seems like a severe oversight that they can 
they could allow this type of, of, of harvest to happen. That's crazy. Well, I wouldn't call it oversight. Um, the politicians are aware of 31 and Title 34. It's not oversight. So it's deliberate. Um, it's, it's deliberate hypocrisy is really what it comes down to. You know, it's and Doug and I have had this discussion on whether we should frame the Farm Bureau as an anti-hunting organization. And you can almost look at what they do and what their policies are towards hunting and say, yeah, they're an anti-hunting organization. Up until 2019, they the PA Farm Bureau was lobbying for gunshot-free Sundays, meaning no sporting clubs, no target practice, no nothing on Sundays, no gunshots, because they didn't want to hear gunshots on Sundays. Now, they've removed that policy because Hunters United for Sunday Hunting and other organizations put pressure on them to say, okay, what is your policy? It says right here on your website, on your release statements that you do not want to hear gunshots on Sundays. Again, it's the double talk and the hypocrisy that the Farm Bureau has been allowed to get away with based on their traditional pool that's in Harrisburg. Now that pool's waning and Doug will agree with that. Uh, the Farm Bureau has lost 60% of their membership in the past three years, four years, Doug, you'll have to correct me on that number. Um, but then Doug can get into how that has come, but politicians understand that. Um, the other thing too is the Farm Bureau tends to allow politicians to believe that every farmer is a member of the Farm Bureau. Well, we know that there's about 50,000 farms in Pennsylvania, and there's about 22,000, and maybe the number's up, Doug, correct me on all this stuff, please. Um, but there's only about 20,000 Farm Bureau members in okay. the Farm Bureau. So the Farm Bureau doesn't represent every farmer. In fact, the Farm Bureau had produced testimony to the Pennsylvania Game Commission when we were first introduced, producing uh, 147 and removing the prohibition on Sunday, their own poll and their own study showed that 60% of the farmers in the Farm Bureau wanted the prohibition removed or updated so they could take part in hunting on their own property. So that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I mean, and so why the why the reduction? Is it just there's less farmers or people are are opposing some of their stance or viewpoints or what why the reduction in the farm bureau's participation? The uh the farm bureau used to and this has gone back to 2017 and beyond have two categories of membership. There was something called farmer members and there was something called friends of Farm Bureau of members. So the farmer members were making your living on in agriculture. They still exist. The other thing, the friends of Farm Bureau members, anyone could join Farm Bureau. 
and be a friend of Farm Bureau, showing your support for agriculture and also being on the receiving end of the discounts that come with being a member of the Farm Bureau. Okay. One of the discounts with being a member for Farm Bureau was if you played, paid $75 for a membership, you got more than that back in a reduction in your nationwide car insurance. Okay. So if you had nationwide car insurance and you were a member of the Farm Bureau, that was a net monetary benefit for you. And we had nationwide insurance agents across the state who would sign people up for Farm Bureau memberships. That way they would get a discount on their car insurance. So our membership had ballooned from a 25,000 farmer members to 64,000. That's come back now. It's in the 30s, uh, 25 to 30s, about right. And see, you would think that the car insurance companies would want Sunday hunting because it would be more people <laughs> shooting deer and less car collisions. That's crazy. What? It, <laughs> Well, let's squash that rumor right, right as it is, because that's one <laughs> of the rumors we deal with. The, the car insurance companies are not involved in anything Sunday hunting. I just want to put that out there. They, right. But they, you would think if they did have a say in it, they would be pro Sunday hunting if they had right. a say in it. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's crazy to sit here and run all those things through your mind. And it just goes to show that, really all corporations do care about at the end of the day is making money (laughs) because all they really cared about was getting you signed up for nationwide car insurance. And part of that hook was to hook you in with a farm bureau membership discount. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it was just raking money in and eventually that got thrown out. The reason that all has stopped now is that got thrown out in court. Uh, I, I'm not sure exactly how the lawsuit went, but either nationwide or the Pennsylvania Farm Bureau were both together got sued by, I think another insurance company or something. I really don't know. So these details are fuzzy, but if eventually the judge told nationwide, you can only give discounts to agriculture insurance policies. You can't give them to blanket auto policies. So when that decision came out was when the membership just started to fall off a cliff. Wow. Okay. So people were basically signing up to get. Right. Like Ponzi schemes, not the right word, but the numbers were artificially inflated. And whether that was just because of money or if that was for more political pull in Harrisburg, whatever the reason, it never really felt right to me because it was like, this isn't real, but it, it is what it is. So let's talk about the the financial component to to not having sunday hunting now i've read figures that that are in the 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 millions that pennsylvania is losing out by um lack of non-resident license sales uh hotel stays gas buying gas people weren't coming into this the state for for hunting or they're not going away because it's just not worth it to, to like you said, if if you don't know about Pennsylvania, the, the whole central, north central part of the state is very rural. And that's where a lot of people have their hunting camps. So I live in western Pennsylvania, 
basically the county that borders West Virginia Panhandle. And people still drive to the center, north central part of the state to go to their deer camps. So have you guys looked at what the finances are that, that we're losing out on? Well, actually, yes, we have. But let's talk about the finances we've gained first. Perfect. Perfect. So the first, what we've done is taken the numbers of the hunters in Pennsylvania. Um, we have in Pennsylvania um, right now somewhere around 800,000 hunters. You know, uh, I haven't looked at the latest stats, but it's average about 800,000. So the first year in 2020, when Sunday hunting was implemented for three days and it was restricted to bear, deer, and archery only, uh, we, saw an, we saw an increase in license sales. That rolled over into 2021. The increase in license sales has generated about $2 million for Pennsylvania. You know, that's just, you know, the, the normal, you know, the, yeah. like, um, I've got the numbers here. Um, we had in 2019 to 2020, 849,571 hunters. That jumped to 874,723 hunters. So 874,723 hunters. That's a 25,152 increase. Now, what we know is that each hunter spends about $1,260. So if you take that 25,000 increase and mm-hmm. you multiply that by 1260, that comes out to 30, almost $31 million extra spent by wow. just those hunters. And those extra hunters produced an extra $2 million in revenue to the state of Pennsylvania, just wow. those 25,000 hunters. Now, think about just those three days and what they what they've done. Now, you know, we're gonna have an increase this year probably. It's, it's probably gonna sustain this year. That's what it's that's what it's pointing to. So you think about what three days have done, you know, two million times three years, that's six million dollars that the state of Pennsylvania has gained just from allowing hunting to happen on three Sundays. Now, six million may not be a lot to suit and tie politicians in Harrisburg, but it's six million dollars that they did not have prior to the three days of Sunday hunting that we are currently experiencing right now. Hey, that's six million for habitat restoration improvements, access. That goes a long ways. Absolutely, because, you know, the Game Commission is not a taxpayer-funded organization. It receives its monies from hunting license, timber sales, you know, conservation. That's where the money comes from that funds the Game Commission. You know, and you think about all of the things that the Game Commission is doing. They're managing 480 species of wildlife. They're just not managing the 70-some that we hunt. 
480 species across the state of Pennsylvania, that is a huge effort. And that takes a lot of capital and a lot of energy to do. And to be a self-sufficient organization and to, to say, you know, look, politicians, we, we, we want you to pass full regulatory authority to give us seven days a week. One, it allows people the opportunity to hunt who may not have time to do it, but it's going to also help in the revenue that we need for conservation. It, right. it, it really is a no-brainer. You know, um, you know the, the studies that we go back to on this is the National Shooting Sports Foundation. Uh, they're a really good partner in this. You know, they have figures out that um, show that, you know, if, if Sunday hunting was allowed at the Game Commission's discretion, 227,000 new jobs could be created, 730 million in wages, uh, and a 2.2 billion in additional uh, economic activity across the state. It, and that's for that's their estimate for all 11 states that have either no hunting or restricted Sunday hunting. That's uh, that's Pennsylvania specifically. Oh, okay, I'm reading it then. It says 11 states either restrict or ban Sunday hunting. Those restrictions both reduce recreational activities and harm local economies. Okay. One analysis shows that removal of bans of Sunday hunting in six states could result in more than 27,000 new jobs being created, paying more than $731 million in wages, and contributing about $2.2 billion in additional economic activity. Either way, it's a lot, a lot of money left right, on the right. table. Whether you split that and not whether you split that up across the six states, this really aren't six states anymore because Virginia just passed full-time uh, hunting. Uh, you know, you're down around the Pittsburgh area. How many guys do you know that do not buy a Pennsylvania license? They go to West Virginia or Virginia because they can hunt full weekends. We know across the whole Pittsburgh tier that there's people that do that to go to West Virginia, Ohio, you know. Yeah. You know. Well, and the, the converse of that is I have buddies that I work with that are 35 minutes away to live in West Virginia that won't come to Pennsylvania because it's just not worth it for for the limited amount of time you can Sunday hunt. Absolutely. You know, you think about you think about that. And when we tell people that if you allow Sunday hunting and you only head Saturdays to hunt, if you're, you know, a, a, a blue collar or whether you're or whether you're a working professional, it doesn't matter. If you only had Saturdays to hunt and now you add Sundays, you just doubled your time. Oh, Dude, trust me, I, you know, early on, I, I, and I looked at this because most people in this country, the average vacation time for paid time off is 10 days, right? So you got a guy that has a young family and he's taken a week off to take his family somewhere and then maybe some time around the holidays He's not burning days to go hunting. He's hunting Saturdays and only Saturdays. And I was one of them for a long time. I've always said that. That would freaking double my hunting season. Double the amount of time afield. So, yeah, I I, I mean, it's I mean, it's one of those things where where it's restricted time afield and 
the, the other thing is too, I don't know if you guys have kids or not, but I have kids and the sports. You got games on Saturdays that are 24-7. I mean, you you cannot go a time period where there's not some sport going. And if they're involved, you're not going hunting on Saturday. So to add Sunday would get my kids a field, which is most important. We hear from we hear from young adults, high school and college all the time that are in sports. You know, it's like, look, I, I, I'm obligated for these sports on Saturday. I can't hunt. Yeah, I can go Sunday. You know, and the perfect example is I, I'm currently mentoring a young adult um, during hunting season. This past hunting season, he turned 12. You know, kind of a, you know, get your license thing, you know. I, so we were able to hunt, take a, go out deer hunting on Saturday. But the dad said, no, you can't go because you have sports. Sunday come, he could go hunting. We wasn't successful, but we were still in the field. Monday come, yeah. he had to go back to school. The school, they, you know, that. Okay, school starts on, you know, back up on Monday. So, yeah. you know, you think about that kid, you know, there he only had one day out of a weekend because of sports. It, right. It, it's just, you know, I know exactly what what you're what you're what you're saying. You know, it, it's it's that report, the National Shooting Sports Foundation. One fact that I, I want to point out before I forget is they looked at the states that allow Sunday hunting have the highest participation in church attendance. I think that's, that's worth noting for anybody that's against it for, for uh, religious reasons. Well, all you have to do is go on any of the um, posts for Sunday hunting and it won't be very far down into the post until you get someone who says something to the effect of, you don't need to be hunting. You need to be in church. Now you think about that statement. There are over 300 religions practiced throughout the United States and in the state of Pennsylvania. Not every one of those religions practice on Sunday. The perfect yeah. example is the Seventh-day Adventists, the Jewish people. Their Sabbath is on Saturday and yeah. they don't, do anything. I know Jewish people at midnight, they turn off their computers, they turn off their lights, and, and they do their religious belief. It, it, to argue this on a religious point is, is just a, it's an education thing, I think. You know, people have in their minds that, oh, it's Sunday. Oh my God, you know, it's church day, but they're going shopping. They're going out to eat. They're probably going to watch football on TV. Of course. You know, they're going to do all of that other stuff, maybe even go to a casino because they have time on Sunday to do it. But for some reason, you mentioned Sunday and hunting in the same sentence as some of these people. You better get ready for their head to spin and pea soup to start, you know, spewing yeah. everything. <laughs> they just can't. And then they don't live their lives that way is the strange thing. They just don't live their lives 
sitting in a pew in church from 6 a.m. until midnight the next night. They just don't. Well, I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I've had some good evening hu- hunting. You know, you, you can go to church and then still get out in the field and, and do your thing. So how many people, I mean, when you say that statement that you just said to people, they're like, oh, no, you can't do that. Well, why can't I? Yeah. Well, you need to be in church. Well, didn't you just say you're in church in the morning and going hunting in the afternoon? The question we always give them is like, well, have you ever gone to church and then gone fishing in the afternoon? Well, I've done that. Well, of course. how come you can't do that when you when you go hunting? Yeah. You go to church parking lots. You see guys pulled up in their pickups with, with their bass boats on the back. Well, you know where they're going, you know. Right, right. Straight from you guys to the, to the river. <laughs> Did do you guys know Tom Vineski? We do. Did did you did you listen to his podcast with with Matt? I know he was on your show. I have not had a chance to listen to. I did. Okay. So what what did you think? I, I I thought he was great. I didn't agree with everything he said, but what what did you think? He he. I was very happy with how. Matt instinctively reacted to his positions on both the Saturday opener and Sunday hunting because he gave the typical reasons that in PA people give a standard that people who are okay with change realize are just way out of left field and just kind of strange reasons. Yeah. And Matt's reaction was like, well, what does that have to do with anything? And he yeah. had to kind of back up and try try to come up with a new reason. And it there are some people who wish that hunting in Pennsylvania was the same today as it was in the 90s, where all the pe- all the upstate hunting camps were full and everybody went up and it was a culture thing. Yeah. And that's not the way it is. And that's not because of the Saturday opener. And that's not because of the three days of um Sundays the biggest reason that that's no longer a thing hunting numbers have come down a little bit but the biggest reason is archery season back in the 90s you had maybe 20,000 deer that were killed in archery season out of the 350,000 deer that were killed today we had 150,000 deer killed in archery season last year out of the 350 so it- people are people are hunting more and it's filling their tags in archery season. So there aren't as many people who are taking the trek up north. And that's the biggest reason why the camps aren't full. It has nothing to do with the game commission screwing up this, the tradition of the opener. Well, and, and I think, too, you know, those northern regions of, of Pennsylvania were, were logged tremendously through yeah. the 30s, 40s, and 50s. And all that new growth forest supported tons of deer. I mean, yep. I remember going up to my buddy's camp in Tynesta and, you know, you'd go spotlighting the day before the season and you'd see freaking 50 deer in a field. And that that really wasn't uncommon. And these are mountain regions that really like now those forests are, are grown up and they're old growth forests. They, they can't support that. So right. your numbers have gone down and people aren't as enthusiastic about going up to to their cabin. Right. But Tom, Tom, I, I, I thought about as a Pennsylvanian, he would have been 
kind of good to have on this this episode, but get a conflicting uh, viewpoint on Sunday hunting. And and I thought his podcast was great. I thought he was great, but I did disagree with him on the Sunday hunting because, you know, and you, Doug, you you could you could talk to this when he said he was against Sunday hunting, and I'm thinking, well, well, he's a farmer, and I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm naive because I'm not a farmer, but or you're you're done farming by the first week in December, right? I mean, so you could theoretically uh, on, you, you on can hunt every day of the week. Unless it's been a very, very rough fall. Yeah. In today's day and age, we're we're pretty much wrapped up by the rut. Mid mid-November, we're slowed down significantly. Um and even back in the 90s, before we modernized a lot of stuff, my dad was still going up to Potter County for the first full week of buck season. So as far as agriculture is concerned, we've always been pretty much shut down for the first week of gun season. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that was my thought. I'm like, yeah, it's easy to be against. It's easy to, to be against Sunday hunting if you have the entire week off and you can hunt, which most people don't. So what what are some of the things you guys are hearing both yay and nay? Like what, what, what are some of the naysayers? I mean, we probably talked about a lot of them, but what are some of the things that the um, opponents of Sunday hunting are, are, are saying that we didn't cover? Well, I mean, are you, are you talking uh, legislatively or are you talking just the everyday run of the mill stuff? Uh, what, what, which one would you like us to feel? Because we can fill both of those. Let's talk both then. Okay. Let's, let's talk legislatively and um, I'll, I'll lead and then Doug can come in. Uh, currently we have Senate bill 607 that's out there. That is full regulatory authority for the game commission. That legislation, and all legislation for that matter, will only be good until the end of December. The new legislation, legislative session resets in January because of the election and new people seated, so forth and so on. So come January of 2023, 607 will no longer be. We have spoken to Senator Laughlin as recently as this week. And the first piece of legislation that he's going to introduce is a copycat of 607. What that number will be, who knows? He doesn't assign the numbers. It's assigned uh, somewhere else down there. But that legislation, there will be no hiccup in the Sunday hunting effort in Pennsylvania. Um, so you, you're saying that there's no threat that it's going to decrease. It'll, it will at least keep the three or four days that we have. We, by law, we, they can, the three days we have will stay. Okay. They will not go away. Um, 607 was full repeal. If, if we get 607, then Yes, you can make the argument that three days are gone because you have all Sundays available. Um, but we have to talk legislation because that's the way this works. Um, so 607 right now goes to the end of December. 
there's really only nine working days in the politician's calendar when they return in September. So with 607 sitting in the Senate and the Senator Jake Corman not willing to move any type of legislation that has to do with hunting on Sundays because he is hiding behind a non-deal and a self-created argument that there was only supposed to be three days and nothing more. That was supposed to be the deal with the Farm Bureau. There never was a deal. So 607 will probably end in December. Three days to stay. Come January, we will get a new bill introduced for full regulatory authority for Sunday hunting to the game commission. So, so the the game commission, if if the new bill is introduced, could theoretically issue Sunday hunting for the entire season. No, the game commission cannot do it until we have a new have the law passed. Okay. That's where the confusing part is in this is again, it was a whole education factor. People believe that the game commission has authority to do this. And if the game commission had authority to do it, they would do it like right now. There would be no question. Right. But because it's in the statute of law in Title 34, Sunday hunting has to be passed by the legislative process, which is a bill was introduced. It goes into the into the committee. It's voted. It goes to the Senate. It's voted. Comes out of the Senate to the same committee in the House. It's voted. It comes out of that committee to the House of Representatives. It's voted. If there's an amendment added in any of those steps, it starts back at square one and goes through it again. So if you get through the legislative process and you get to the governor's desk, yes, you have a law passed if he signs it. Um, There's no indication that when Sunday hunting does make it through all those uh, processes and it lands on the governor's desk, that whoever is governor will not sign it. There's no indication that that is going to happen in, in Pennsylvania. So, you know, the, the biggest thing to understand is, yes, 607 may go away and we may not have full regulatory authority this legislative session. But there is a darn good chance the next legislative session that we would get more Sundays or the full regulatory authority. And something that's important to note with all of that I was just searching to make sure this is right, and it is. So Jake Corman voted no on Bill 607 when it was in the Senate Game and Fish Committee. So the Senate president, which is what Jake Corman is, um, he is able to vote on any bill in any committee if he so chooses. That's a role of the Senate president. It kind of gives a sign to the caucus as to whether they support something or not. He chose to vote no on 607. He also has been forced into retirement as of the end of this term. His term is up 
And because of redistricting, he was actually drawn out of having a district to run in. So he has been forced to retire because of the redistricting process. So he will not be the Senate president the next session. So however however leadership shakes out, I don't know. I know the Senate majority leader has been Senator Kim Ward. I think that's right. Am I right on that, Kevin? There's two of them, Doug. I get them mixed up. It's like it can't okay. be. I, th- I think it's Senator Ward, Kim Ward, um, who's the majority leader. I know Senator Laughlin and her have a good working relationship. So with Corman retired, I would think that we have an easier path to moving an, a bill in the next session. So who, who are the politicians that are on, on our side? Dan Laughlin. He is <laughs> right off the bat. Dan Laughlin is the Republican state senator that uh, covers Erie. He is the Republican chair of the Senate Game and Fish Committee. His counterpart is Democrat Senator Brewster. He is from the Pittsburgh area. He is the minority chair of the Senate Game and Fish Committee. And the two of them are the biggest reason why we were able to get Senate Bill 147 with the three days passed. They made up their mind. This is something we're going to push through. Laughlin was able to get leadership to run the bill. And Brewster was able to get the majority of the votes because what people don't realize with this, this is a rare hunting issue where we get more support from Democrats than Republicans because Republicans are more influenced by the Farm Bureau. So we need Republican leadership to be willing to run the bill and we need Democrat votes to get the bill to pass. So we truly do need both sides working together. And those those two were the key to the whole thing, really, in making the process work. Wow. Yeah, what, what we've learned is that the, the politicians, and I call it posturing and posing. If you read any of my stuff, I call it posturing and posing. There are politicians who will tell you, hey, you know, it's great, this Sunday hunting thing, but I, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not sure if, if I'd vote for it again. But they're in favor of it. Now, again, you got to think of a politician, they're, they're, they have a district and they have constituents in that district. So if hikers are calling them saying, oh, my God, these bullets are flying all around and, oh, this Sunday is the only safe day. Well, they get that in their head and they're going to vote no. That really, we know that it is a reality. Hiking is as safe on Wednesday as it is on Sunday. Or if you want to go on Tuesday, go ahead. You're just as safe. Um, so the politicians posture and pose. We get comments all the time and bites from politicians saying, you know, look, we know that this blue law needs to end. And I'm in favor of it. We get that stuff all the time. You know, it's just the politicians work amongst each other and with leadership squashing things or making mistruths about a a bill that never happened, they're not going to rock the boat. Right. To say, you know, it's, they would do it. There's no doubt in my mind that we could have more Sunday hunting if, if 607 was brought up for a vote, but Reality is Senator Corman held 607 for two years and not allowed it to be voted on. He is the one responsible. If you want to point a finger at someone, 
is Senator Jake Corman, who sat on it and didn't allow it to come up for a vote. He is the man responsible for not allowing 607 to come forward. But that situation is going to self-correct. And Kim Ward is a friend of conservation. And I believe that her leadership is going to bring a different atmosphere in the Senate, at least. The House is a whole other animal. You got like 230 of them jabronis, and it's like robber room. It really is like <laughs> with them guys. You know, the Senate, you can sit down with them and have an adult conversation. But, you know, with the with the House side, the 230 of them, it's just, it, it's, it's nuts over there. Wow. So I just thought of a question, Doug. So you you're you're in Chester County, right? Is that what you said? Yep. yep. Is that shotgun only county? Yes. So can the farmers that are hunting under you said Act Thirty One, Title Thirty One, Title Thirty One? Okay. Yep. So hunters in Chester County. So there's several counties that are shotgun only or slug slug only or straight wall only. There's Allegheny County, which is where Pittsburgh is. Chester County, what, Bucks County? I think Delaware and Philadelphia. So right around Philadelphia. Right. Philly suburbs, Pittsburgh suburbs. Philly suburbs, Pittsburgh suburbs. So can... Can those folks use a rifle under that Title 31? Yes. Wow. Yes. It's, it, it's a short answer. It's it's odd. Um, now, you, you can't use archery equipment to crop damage. It needs to be a high-powered gun of some type because they don't want wounded animals yeah, when you're right. taking them in that manner. They, they want a sure kill. So it's got to be... I would say probably 20 or 12 gauge or a, a high powered rifle. That's um, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I just popped into my head. I wanted to ask you that and I, I wanted to ask you before I forgot. So is Hush a, like, do you guys have members or do you have, how, how, how's Hush work? We're a complete grassroots organization. Um, we do not have brick and mortar. We do not collect any monies. We do have members and our members are of the virtual nature. Uh, if you look, you know, we have like 40,000 followers and, um, that is a gauge of standard that many people are using in many industries. So if you look at numbers, we outnumber the membership of the Farm Bureau. Now, you compound that with our partner organizations like United Bowhunters of Pennsylvania, um, Hunter Nation, and, and all of those people who are in those 18 organizations. And, you know, the number has got to be, you know, 10, 20 times the amount of people that are in the Farm Bureau. You know, Doug just said, you know, earlier that there's about 25 to 30,000. Well, we have more than 25,000 signatures on a petition. 
you know, we have, and I'm not going to give the number out because I'm not going to tip my hat to our opponent, but if we're going number to number, I can tell you we win. So, you know, and numbers are important. When I sit down with politicians, the numbers are very important to them. And when there's 25,000 members telling 40,000, 50,000, 60,000, 100,000 that they can't do something, you got to really take that politician to task. It's like, okay, help me understand this. Here's all the signatures. You can read them if you want, because everyone's commented. But you're going to go over here with twenty thousand. Okay, I tell you what. Let me put out that you know, you know, Senator Smith Jones says that he's going to go with the twenty thousand Farm Bureau members. That you don't count as a hunter. Your time doesn't count. Your time is less valuable than one member of the Farm Bureau. That's the kind of stuff that we do. We're not afraid to expose the politicians for their posturing and posing and their, their hypocrisy. You know? So, you know, and the politicians know that. They, they know that the Farm Bureau is a organization that's in decline. Does the Farm Bureau have... A, a mission they most certainly do, and that's agriculture. And the Farm Bureau would be much better suited to stay in that lane and not get into the school signs need to be painted yellow. You know, the and they do have crazy policies, and Doug can talk about that, you know, and, and hunting. Because every time you go to a game commission meeting, the, the, the Farm Bureau is there asking the game commission to provide more opportunities, more tags, more availability for people to come out and help on their farms for, for damage. But again, they stand in the way of Sunday hunting. You know, when the game commission is like, look, I can fix it. I can allow people to hunt on Sunday. But you guys at the Farm Bureau level at the top are telling me that you don't want it, even though I have a piece of paper here showing that 60% of your membership wants this. So what's going on here? Yeah. As a Pennsylvanian that is pro Sunday hunting, I, I, I guess I've been naive at just how politically driven the farm bureau is um, against it. But to me, it's like a, it's like an oxymoron. Your, your your crop is dependent on how much you can harvest, and you have an animal that detracts from how much you can harvest, but you're against harvesting the animal. It's I, I can't wrap yep. my head around the end game. Well, they're and, not against harvesting the animal. Let's let's be specific on that. They're not against harvesting the animal. But, but by default, giving by default, if you're if you're restricting the days you can do it, whether you say you're against it or not, you're 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 reducing the opportunity, thus reducing the number of animals harvested. That that's better clear, clearly stated. Like I said, they're not against harvesting the animals; they're against giving you the time 
to harvest that animal. Right. Right. It, it's, it is a really warped uh, opinion when you actually dive through all of the ins and outs and farmers need hunters and hunters need farmers. Farmers need hunters to control the deer population and hunters need farmers because it provides a really good access spot to hunt and harvest animals. It should be a relationship that works well together. Yeah. And this, the fact that this has been a sticking point for this issue and the fact that it seemed like nobody had ever tried to build a bridge between the two or figure out what the sticking point was until we kind of got involved in 2018 and realized it was some of the trespass laws were the sticking point. Once we figured that out and we were able to build a, build a bridge and get that first bill passed, that sets a path that we can actually get this done and over with. I, I do see this going away one way or the other. That's good. Either we as Pennsylvania hunters can get our act together and get this bill passed in the next session and apply enough pressure and have enough meetings and get this through. Or eventually I will have a change within the Pennsylvania Farm Bureau because every year we have a meeting where people vote on policies. And every year I bring something like this up to get rid of this policy or change it or something. So are you a member of the Farm Bureau? I am the president of the Chester, Delaware County Farm Bureau. Okay. Yes, I I am pretty heavily involved in the organization. Um, It does a lot of good for me in agriculture. Um, It does a really good job of representing our industry in uh, in Harrisburg. But on this issue, they're way off base. And that's where I keep telling people. We've got to change this. We've got to change. And I have more and more people coming to me within the Farm Bureau every year agreeing with me. So if us from the hunting side can't get this done in the next two years, it might take me 15 or 20, but eventually all the Farm Bureau's policy changed completely and it'll happen from that side. It shouldn't take that because there are enough hunters in Pennsylvania that we should be able to get this done without making the Farm Bureau completely come around to agree with us. Right. It shouldn't take that. And that's a good point. You know, I want to I want to piggyback on that. We don't need the Farm Bureau's permission to do this. Agriculture happens in Pennsylvania, regardless of the Farm Bureau. And again, there are more people who will participate in agriculture who choose not to be members of the Farm Bureau yeah. for many reasons. Agriculture will not stop in Pennsylvania. Agriculture will remain in the top five industries in Pennsylvania. It's just the way it is. But hunting is also an industry in Pennsylvania. And I submit that here where I am in Western Pennsylvania, it's an economically deprived area. I can remember as a kid, you'd go down there. Everyone had farms. Everyone had farms move away for 25 years and come back, there are no farms around. I mean, there's one here and you drive 10 miles up the road. That guy sold half of his land. He's farming half of it, you know, and now he's, you know, thinking about, so the farming 
in the mom and pop area is dying. But where it is growing is in what Doug does. It's in agribusiness and big farms, big ground. You know, some of it you own, some of it you lease, some of it you rent, you know, and, and that's just a, a business model uh, that I'm not into. But, you know, being around Doug, I've started to learn a lot more. But what we find is when those family farms go up for sale, well, guess who's buying them? Hunters. And what are hunters doing with those? Well, that several billion dollars of economic activity we talked about, that's ATVs, that's food plots, that's tractors, that's, you know, that's all of that stuff. So for the Farm Bureau to say, oh, only me, farmer, I get to do, you know, hunting on Sunday. I get to shoot, you know, squirrels, pheasants, rabbits, deer, because I saw them in my cornfield. And to tell that guy who has 30 acres of hunting ground that he can't go out and and hunt on his property on Sunday, well, he pays the same amount of taxes on his, if not more, because farmers can be enrolled in that green, clearing, clean and green program. Right. They'll use their property completely. It it puts less revenue in the, the, the pockets of the state. You know, but the hunter over here, he has to pay full price and not get access to his land one day a week because of an entity who says they're for landowners, but fights against landowners. And that entity is called the PA Farm Bureau. What did uh, you think when um, Tom Vineski said that the deer population couldn't handle the amount of pressure that um, an army of orange would provide on a, on a Sunday. I, I, I really, Go ahead. I really had to chuckle because the biggest complaint that you see on social media anyway, about hunting nowadays, especially in gun season up North, there, there were only two cars in this parking lot. Back in the good old days, there were 30 people and we were raring to go. And people are complaining that there aren't as many hunters as there used to be. And part of the reason is because of what I said earlier about archery season. The, the amount of hunters isn't going to change. In fact, if you increase the amount of opportunity people have by giving them Saturday and Sunday through archery season, you're going to have even more of that gun season pressure pulled forward into archery season yeah and you're, you're going to and and this is where it's really interesting to listen to some of the podcasts with matt because he's hunting out west and the the issue he sees is that there's now too many people out there well in pennsylvania our tradition has been you wake up for the first day of archery and, or first day of gun season you get in your tree and the sun comes up and you see orange everywhere So, well, we don't see that anymore. And that's because the hunting pressure is now dispersed over September, October, November, December, and January in multiple different seasons and multiple different ways to hunt. So I I just don't see that all of a sudden we're going to have every Sunday available and every hunter is going to come out for every Sunday and every form of hunting and we're going to overwhelm the woods. We don't do that I, I, on Saturdays. And and 
not that we're we're you know Tom's obviously not here to to defend himself but right. that that was that was my thought as well that with increased Sundays you're going to have people disperse mm-hmm. throughout the archery season and get their fix and and then you're also like football in western Pennsylvania man people love football <laughs> True. You know, they're, they're not giving true. up their Steeler games. They're not, they're not giving up their their Eagles games. So it's not going to be like everybody just quits their Sunday routine and, and goes into the woods. Uh, now I would, Kevin. But... <laughs> Kevin, do you have the the stats from other states that implemented it and what they saw? Was it like a Saturday or was it like a weekday? It was more like a weekday because it does disperse people out. It gives them the they're not pressured. Oh my God, I only have Saturday afternoon to hunt because I was at a football game with my kid today, you know, so I've got to get out there on Saturday. You don't have that pressure of people being pushed into the woods. Now it's like, well, you know what? I'll go out today and maybe I'll go out tomorrow. It, it, it spreads people out over time. That, that is an entire fallacy that every, every person who owns a gun or a bow will take it out of their case, walk out their door, get in their vehicle, go to their hunting ground. Every 800,000 hunters in Pennsylvania will do that on a Sunday. No, it doesn't happen. And it hasn't happened across any of the other states, and it's not going to happen here. But we hear that argument. You go back to what arguments we hear. That's one of the ones that we hear. And when you tell people, when you explain to them, so – let me understand this. In your mind, you think because Sunday is available to hunt that every licensed hunter in Pennsylvania will take their rifle, walk out the door, and be in the woods. When has that ever happened in the history of hunting seasons? Yeah. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. When has every 800,000 persons been in the woods? It's never happened statistically. It cannot happen. I'm, I'm sorry. It just cannot happen. You know, so, but people have that image in their mind and it's hard to uneducate them. Um, it's kind of a, I don't want to say uneducate or it's really education. They refuse to accept the facts that that's not going to happen. You know, Brian Burhans, the executive director of the Game Commission, when we first started this, we're big on facts here. We don't put anything out unless we have factual information to back it up. Um, We asked him, okay, if this happens, what happens with the hunters? He goes, look, he goes in deer season. He goes, we could literally hunt deer 365 days a year, and I can control it. Because I can control deer with the tags that I authorize through the biological process. Because we could hunt deer 365 days a year, and the deer population would not be any different than what it is. He goes, it would sustain, it would be good, it would be healthy, and we could hunt. He goes, Sundays have nothing to do with it. It's just another day for me to use in my management tools. Yeah. And it's really that, that simple. You know, and, you know, the game commission, again, if Sundays, if they found that rabbits could not support the hunters in the woods on Sundays, then they literally could say, 
they, that rabbits are not huntable on Sundays because there's too much pressure on them. Turkeys are the perfect example. That's what they did with turkeys. They looked at the data and they found that in the fall, most turkeys are harvested with rifles. Well, the turkeys are having a lot of troubles in Pennsylvania, depending where they are. So they didn't want to, but they removed the ability to hunt turkeys with a rifle. Did they like to do that? No, they didn't want to do that. They didn't want to take that opportunity away from people, but they needed to do it for the species health. If turkeys are able to get to whatever point the biologists say, then I'm confident that they will consider putting rifles back into the available weaponry to hunt turkeys with. Yeah, it's no pun intended, but it's game management and, and, and harvest is, is a moving target. And that's that's what, why you have a game commission, because right. they're, they're going to make decisions based on data that comes relevant and, and it, that's constantly changing. So it, it, yeah, Sunday you know, hunting, if it were the full season and if they had to make adjustments based on game population um, changes, then, then, then that's what they should do. Then they're doing their job. So yeah. Yeah. It's you not know, the like that is, you know, seasons be drastically reduced. There is no evidence in all of the other States that have this, that, having the availability to hunt on Sunday decreases the time in field. You know, it doesn't go from, you know, a six week to a two week. It doesn't work that way. It's just, you know, Sundays are, are, are in that, you know, you look at archery is a perfect example. I haven't looked at the dates they come in and out this year, but I'll use last year as the example. Traditionally archery come in October 1st and it ended on a Saturday in November. Well, what they did is we had an archery Sunday. Well, you add that Sunday, then you have the same numbers of days. So what they did is they brought archery out on a Friday, and then they had bear season in on a Saturday. Yeah, yeah. So it's the same number of days. It's not. It's not that you you lost anything, but people believed that since it didn't end on a Saturday that the season was shortened. Oh, right. Even though you hit the same amount of days. Right. Psychologically, when you went one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, sixty. Well, last year, one, two, three, four, five, sixty ended on Saturday, and one, two, three, four, five, sixty ended on Friday. Sixty and sixty wasn't sixty. People couldn't, you know, it's just it's like, well, count the days, you know, so. That's how the game commission can manage if they have Sundays, you know, they can move it either way. You know, again, they could start every, they could have a season on Monday and Tuesday, nothing else. They literally can do that with their regulations. So hush, what are, what are moving forward this new legislative period? What are some of the things that are, that are on your plate? that you guys are working on and that, you know, we all should know about? Um, Sunday hunting and full authority to the game commission. That's, that's our mission. That's, that's what we, we will do. You know, the hiccup will be in the legislative process because you just don't get a bill January 1. 
it's usually into February when you get one. And then what happens is that everyone knows 607. Well, 607 no longer exists. So now, right. you know, if it's a new number, you have to go through that legislate. You have to go through that education process, which we have techniques that, you know, it, it was, you know, eight weeks, 10 weeks. We can shorten that, you know, to the left into four weeks education process of, okay, the new bill is 240 or whatever it is. It's the same, same verbiage. Um, you know, if this is what the bill. And the biggest thing that happens is that to get people motivated to call the politicians, because that's really how this works. You know, you got to call and you got to talk to the politicians. You know, and the biggest thing to understand with the politicians is that every time you call them, they love that. They know that, you know, Jim called on Tuesday of last month on the 3rd and said he wanted us to pass Sunday hunting. Well, Jim's calling back this month on the 20th, and he wants us to pass. They, they log all that stuff. So it's important to get those emails and those phone calls. I know it's a pain. I know it's an absolute pain, and I will not take that away from anyone. It's an absolute pain. But what we tried to do here at Hush, and I believe we've been very successful with it, is setting up tools to use. For example, right now we have the SCI campaign, the text campaign, go on, text it, boom, it's gone. Uh, we have the petition that we have up, sign it, we use that. Uh, we have uh, the how for wildlife up, go on there, send an email, boom, it's done. We have those tools available and we'll continue to have those tools. So, upon those. so when you say send an email and it's done, can you explain that? Um, we have, uh, if you go on to our Facebook page and you just look for SCI, um, they're a great partner with us. Uh, we have uh, set up a text campaign with them. And I don't know what it is. I'd have to look it up. But it's, it's a simple text campaign. Text uh, a number to SCI. And what it does is it sends a text to your legislator, like you're down around the Pittsburgh area. So Brewster, uh, Robinson. Um, Williams uh, down that way, they would all get an email saying, Jim Durkin, he wants Sunday hunting. Boom, done. Same way with how for, for uh, wildlife. You go in, you fill out the information, it recognizes your address, and it sends that email to those politicians. The, those guys are, are coming on the, the podcast. How? Oh, good, good. Yeah, they're, they're a great partner. You know, they, they've come on strong. And they have a model that we like here in Hush. They're all virtual. And they're a grassroots organization that uh, only takes donations, from what I understand. But uh, they're a go-get-it organization that's, that's mission-focused and has, is conservation-minded. And they are holding politicians accountable across the country on things. And that's why we like them. They're kind of like, you're kind of like us. It's like, okay, the only way to get this done is to get in the mud and get dirty. And, you know, how is out there doing that? So it ought to be a great podcast. Now, do you, do you guys raise money or how, how's, how's Hush funded? It's not funded at all. We don't raise any money. Um, everything. This is grassroots volunteers, you know, everything that we've done. In fact, wow. you know, 147, we were able to get it passed with $500 
of someone else's money. We were able to get $500 and use that money in an 18-month time period and get 147 passed. And and that's every time that we drive, we have somebody drive into Harrisburg for a meeting or go to an event or anything like that, go meet with uh, other people in the public who want one of us to come with them to meet with the representatives. That's just us jumping in the vehicle and going. Um, there's there's nothing to it. I've been to Harrisburg half a dozen times and it's just, you just jump in the truck and go do it because we need to do it. Cause you care about it and you're willing to, to, to use That's your right. gas money and right. Yep. Now we have people throughout the state, you know, we have people, you know, that's in the Eastern part of the state up in uh, the, the Northern, you know, so we're in all areas of the state. So it isn't difficult for one of us to get where we need to go. Do you have any non-residents that are part of Hush that are, that are for Sunday hunting? Just out of curiosity. We do. We have non-residents. I can't tell you the number, but we do have people who want more hunting in Pennsylvania because, you know, um, I'm not going to say we're a big buck state, state, but just look at the buck that's on on Doug's wall, you know. Um, yeah. You know, so. You for, know, for those out there that aren't seeing this, but hearing it, Doug has a one- 172. 172 with the huge drop tine uh, <laughs> hanging on the wall behind him. And what's the other one? Probably a 140s. Yeah, nice uh, symmetrical eight. Um, yeah. But the 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 drop time buck was actually my 2021 20, buck. So. Oh, wow. Um, with a bow. Yep, with a bow uh, in the rut. Not on a Sunday. But um, I was able to be out there because we were pretty much wrapped up with uh, corn harvest at that time. So, but yeah, he's a big I, boy. It, well, I, I think, you know, we don't have a reputation of being a big buck state, but with the antler restriction, I mean, I, I remember in 1991, I think it was 1991, 92, somewhere in there. I shot a basket rack eight, two and a half year old buck. And my God, it was like, oh my God, this is the biggest thing, you know, because if you saw a, a, a basket rack, you shot it. You didn't pass anything up. And now you wouldn't even like, I got it mounted. Now you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even think anything of it. Just be another buck, a small buck. Yeah, and that go that that that's that's it goes back to really what we're talking about, talking about solid wildlife management. You know, you go from that basket eight point to you know whatever you choose to harvest now. You know, and that's all because of the work of the game commission. And then, and if those subject matter experts at the game commission say that they can manage this and they can make species available. There should be no politician sitting in Harrisburg in their air conditioning office that says no, especially when the subject matter experts are telling them, look, this is this needs to be done and we can do it. And we manage wildlife. That's our job. Let us do it. Pass the law. You know, it's really that simple. But again, you got posturing and posing politicians 
who are beholding to the farm bureau. In in your your guys' estimate, how long until it's it's Sunday hunting across the board the entire season? Because I think ultimately that's that's where I'd like to see it. Well, that's just hunt on Sundays. How long until we have that? I cannot answer that question. It's just I'll give you I'll give you a best case scenario. In the, in, in the best case scenario, if we would get a bill to start the next legislative session and it would pass through the Senate and pass through the House and get signed by the governor, let's call it the summer of 23 is when that bill would get signed. It would not get implemented until the fall of 24 hunting season. Because by the time the bill would get passed, it's too close to season they've already been set. Yeah. So at the very earliest, we're looking at the fall of 24, but I would say more likely is 25. Um, it, if to get the next bill passed through both chambers, it it is going to be a grind. It takes forever unless unless dynamics in Harrisburg change and it just moves faster. So. There's no good answer, but the fastest would be the 24 hunting season. Best case scenario, more likely yeah. 25 or, or later. Yeah, right. You have two years when legislation is introduced. You have two years to get that through. At the end of the two years, everything resets. So that's why this stuff takes so long is it just resets every two years. You know, it would be better it would if it was a four-year cycle, it would be better, but it's not. It's a two-year right. cycle. And that's just the way it is. Gotcha. Where where can can folks find you? How can they get involved? Who who do we talk to? Because full disclosure, like I said, I've I've always been vocally supportive, but my actions have, have fallen short. So first let's start off where can we find where can we find you guys and uh social media just facebook is where we do most of our stuff hunters united for sunday hunting boom we'll show up um google us we'll show up uh we're over on instagram same thing hunters united for sunday hunting we'll show up um to get involved uh the biggest involvement for people is Keep those calls going to the politicians. That's really how we need everyone pulling the rope in one direction is making those calls. You know, um, we talk to politicians on a regular basis. They know what we are going to talk about when we're in their office. But it's different. Do they when they see your number, they go, oh, shit. Uh, it's Kevin yes. again. <laughs> yeah. And that's a true story. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, but again, it's their job to listen uh, to us and it's their job to take action. And the, the thing to remember is you don't need every politician to vote. You just need 51% of them to vote. And in a way it goes. Um, so, you know, we know ones that, aren't worth our time. So they're not worth our time. There are ones that are 50, 50 
A perfect example is Senator Ahmed. He's down around Lancaster area. He might even be in your area, Doug. I'm not sure. I'd have to look it up with redistricting. He is 50-50 on 607. So if 607 were to come up for a vote, he'd be the first one. I'd make a phone call and say, okay, why are you 50-50? Help me understand the 50, 50 nays and help me understand the 50 yays. And let me address any questions that you have. What, what do you mean 50-50? Like he's voted? If 607 were for a vote today, yeah, he would come to the table with a 50-50 position. How he would vote at the end of the day would be either. Oh, he, he hasn't make, made a decision or made a stand right. yet. He hasn't made right. a which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, what our job is, is to find out what his concerns are and address them accordingly. You know, so he will remain 50-50 come January in the new legislative session. I have no doubt about that. So he's on the list of us to contact and say, okay, so why are you 50-50? Help us understand why you're 50-50. And maybe, you know, we can help educate you on why you shouldn't be 50-50 and you should be in favor of this. So, and there's a lot of those around. Some of them go 40-60, 60-40. There's a lot of them around. Senator Katie Muth, is the perfect example. She's more towards the, um, um, what's that, um, on the other side there, um, Lehigh. Barbara? What's that? Katie I'm Muth. not sure what you're looking for. Well, Katie, Katie Muth, uh, yeah, where she is, you know. She, she is north northeastern Chester County. We know via correspondence that she would vote yes on 607 as long as the written permission on Sunday stays. The written permission is staying. It won't go away. So she would be a yes vote. She just needs Senator Laughlin or Senator Brewster or uh, someone in the leadership to tell her, yes, written permission staying. So when we talk about politicians and where they're at, you know, they're not, it's not a solid no down the board. They're more, more in favor of this than not. I can tell you that. You know, I would imagine with a million hunters in Pennsylvania, they would, they would in their best interest to, to, to be and, in favor. And they've learned, they've learned. And I think that, I think that they also are a little bit bitter over the Ponzi scheme that the Farm Bureau has run on them for years. And that would be bitter too. If you're, you're essentially lying when you present your position, you know, back, you know, two years ago, three years ago, saying you have 60,000 members, when your members are only 20,000, 25,000. You're lying to that politician. I believe that many of them understand that and are bitter towards the Farm Bureau, as they should be for that. I mean, that's a total lie to misrepresent yourself like that. It's a total lie. So, again, you know, what can you do? Keep those calls going. You know, just keep those calls going. Um, keep those emails going. Uh, some people still do sit down and handwrite letters. That's fine, too. 
whatever you, whatever medium that you like to communicate with, that's the medium you need to be doing with the politicians if you want this. You know, again, it is going to be a an effort that we need hunters who want more opportunity. We need them to put some skin in the game again. You know, um, we've gone a couple of years spinning our wheels per se, but not spinning our wheels because we've made progress. If you talk to any of the politicians, the three issues, the two top issues that they're that they're dealing with in Harrisburg when it comes to hunting is doe license and Sunday hunting. That's the first thing out of their two things out of their mouth always. Yep. No, so so you know we have a very good way of keeping Sunday hunting top of mind in the political world and in the hunter world. We're we're really good at that. Um, you know what we always do. In fact, I'm going to put the offer out there right now. You know, I'd love to list you guys as a supporter of uh, Sunday hunting as one of the organizations that endorse this. You know, um, you can check with the powers to be and let me know. I'd love to add your name to the to the list. Yeah, that goes on. Yeah, absolutely. We'll uh, we'll let you know for sure. I mean, I I don't. I don't, I don't see why not. I mean, I'm, I'm all in favor of what you guys are doing and, and um, just as long as you don't, don't support hunting TV and social media, <laughs> Matt, Matt will support you. <laughs> You'll have his support. Well, I mean, he's, he's all about access and, 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 and all about opportunity. You know, this has been something that's been, like I said, on my mind since my twenties when I was, out of college working and I didn't get much vacation time. I'm like, God damn, you know, if, if they allowed Sunday hunting, I I'd double my season. You know, and, and you asked earlier about, you know, what objections we get. We get that objection that you just talked to. Well, you have 10 days of hunting, you know, vacation time. Use your 10 days. Yeah. I, I don't buy that. I, I, I don't. If, if if it was a true blue law and I couldn't go to a strip club or go to a bar or go to a Steelers game, then, then I then I would say, okay. But I could do all those other things that are way worse than going out in the woods, sitting in a tree stand, and and taking a deer or well, shooting a rabbit or shooting a squirrel with my son. You know what I mean? Well, let me let me ask you this. If I told you that the same blue law that prohibits us from hunting on Sunday is still in effect to prohibit football and baseball and other sports activities on Sunday, would you believe me? Well, it's it's it sounds like that you're right, but if they enforced it, <laughs> there would be a riot in black and gold. <laughs> you, you you got you you have it right there is the enforcement of it yes the all oh, comes straight there you down go down. Comes that's down. making the money symbol sports, sign yeah the sports teams the blue law that prohibits us from hunting on sunday prohibits sports activities on sundays but the sports activities are not enforced right well of course because they make money like like doug yep. just, just said absolutely you know, so, you know, and I get that. I wouldn't, I don't want anyone who likes to watch, and I'm not a sports guy. I, I'm not, 
Um, I don't begrudge anyone wanting to watch sports or participate in sports on Sunday. I just don't. To, but if we're going to have a law and we're going to have a standard, let's have a standard. Now, the standard that's been set in legislation is to use and be inclusive in Sundays. There is not one law that is passed in Harrisburg that Sundays are excluded, except hunting. So if the politicians are going to have a standard, let's use a standard. The standard that they set is to be Sunday inclusive. Yes. Sunday exclusive. Yep. See, see, and, and I am a sports guy. I'm a Penn Stater and I love the Steelers. And but the the reality of it is, is that while I love to watch Penn State, I, I don't miss a day of hunting because of Penn State football. I, I really enjoy when they play nights and the same thing with, with Sunday. If, if, if it came down to like uh, going out on Sunday morning and shooting deer and then missing the Steeler game, because I was tending to a deer, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think anything of it because, but I, I think there'd be a lot of people that wouldn't give up their Steeler Sundays because of, of the tradition of, of, whether it be tailgating or getting together with family and friends. And, but yeah, I mean, I, I love football, but I, I, I love hunting more. I mean, and that's fine. You know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be told by a politician that it's okay to go to a sports game, but no, 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 don't go hunting on Sunday. We're going to ignore that blue law over here and allow you to do it. But no, 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 don't you dare go hunting on Sunday because we say that's bad. We politicians say that's bad. Good. Go ahead and go to the to the casino. Just spend your money. Yeah. Bad going hunting and, and trying to put put, you know, food on the table. You know, we politicians have made that decision for you because you don't don't have the ability to do that. So, you know, that, that's really what it comes down to is the oligarchs sitting in their air conditioning office in their hypocrisy of standards that they set to be inclusive on Sundays, but to say, no, 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 not for hunting. Yeah. But our standard is to be inclusive in, legislatively for Sundays. You know, so... You know, it's just, it's been the whole thing, you know, when you sit down with this and you're going to go to bed and I'm sure things that Doug and I talked about, you're like, man, them guys, we they could go on for hours and we could. It's just a, it, it, it's really simple. You think about Sunday hunting, it's a benign thing, a very, very benign thing. Just allow people to choose whether they want to hunt on Sunday or not. Yeah, it's just it's so it's so random every day, you know. Just vote it, you know. But we have to have this big, big struggle, you know. Um, so, so, Doug, as as a farmer, do you during the season do you take days off and go hunting? Uh, once harvest starts, um. We don't necessarily take days off because when the combine is able to roll, it's got to roll. 
Yeah. Um, our opportunities come when it rains. Um, we can't be in the field. So right after a rain, slip out to a tree stand or a really wet morning. Or if we get done harvest early because of the way the year goes and we're able to hunt in early November, that's what happened with the buck from last year. We yeah, were able to yeah. be out in early November. So it just, it really depends on the year. Um, but I, We're but able to find opportunity to hunt. We are. That, that's what I was trying to get at. It's, 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 it's arbitrary. I mean, you, you can hunt. Right. It, it shouldn't matter when you could find time to hunt, whether it's a Sunday or a Tuesday. Right. Yeah. Well, we're, uh, we're uh, getting close to, to, to two hours. Uh, I think we should probably wrap things up. And man, I, I learned a lot. I self admitted, admitting that I haven't been as, as active with, with my, with, with my actions versus my words, because I've been wanting Sunday hunting for a long time, but, uh, I appreciate you guys coming on. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, we'll come on anytime. You know, if you're looking at a future show and you want to take uh, gather questions, whatever that is, however you do it from your audience, gather them up. We'll come on and we'll answer them. That'll be yeah. As, as 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 this thing progresses and and uh, you know materializes, we'll we'll have to chat again. But I uh, I appreciate you guys coming on and and. You said uh, they can find you on Facebook and, and Instagram. Yeah, just look uh, Hunters United for Sunday Hunting. We'll show up. Uh, just follow us. Uh, if you have um, any questions, you know, you can message us. You know, we try to get back to everyone within a reasonable time. And, you know, just the biggest thing for people is to stay engaged, understand that the Game Commission has no control over giving any more Sundays than what they currently can. The politicians have to pass the law that gives the authority to the game commission in order for us in Pennsylvania to have more Sunday hunting opportunity. That's the biggest thing that your listeners need to take away from this. 10-4. Well, Again, thank you guys and and uh, appreciate it. Yep, thank you, Jim. All right, take care.